Most of the time, he talks it out with the voices in his head. Other times, he gets an artist to answer his questions, and you get to listen to it here. Welcome to Toad's Tunes. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. I'm sitting here with uh, Mr. Morgan Evans. Hey. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. I love this setup you got going here. It's It's got a nice little vibe to it, I think. Absolutely. It's not It's not home, but it's home. Feels like you're home. I feel like I've, I've been welcomed in. You have. You mm. have. Um... Dude, welcome to Stoney's. Uh, I know it's your first time, I'm assuming, at Stoney's Rockin' Country. It is, yeah. It is. What do you think so far? I love it. I love it. We just did a little sound check party uh, just now with a few few uh, winners that came in early, and uh, man, it sounds good in there. Yeah, we, we pride ourselves on some sound. That's, that's yeah, for damn sure. I love that. Last night you were in L.A. Yeah. Your wife came out with you and played. She did. Is that something that you like, or is it something that she likes, or is it something that... Like, how does that approach? Like, obviously, she's Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah. You're Morgan Evans. Yeah. When you go to her shows, do you go up on stage with her? I don't, no. Well, I have one time. I, I think the difference is I, I have a song called Dance With Me. Yep. And it was the first song I wrote for her. And it's it's on my album. And um, she sings on it, on the album. Right. So um, when she's there, it makes it better when she comes out and sings. Does and, she like to do that, and, like, yeah, with you? Or does she consider it... Like an expectation, or oh no no, she wouldn't do it if she didn't like it, right? <laughs> yeah yeah, um, no, it's a it's a really special song to both of us, and um, to, to get to do it together, especially you know, we don't do it every time she's there, right. but uh, I mean, occasion like last night, we were at the Troubadour, which is obviously a legendary venue, iconic. And, um, yeah, it's a bucket list venue for me, and and a lot of singer songwriters and, and bands. So um, yeah, it was it was special last night for sure. I just saw you, uh, I've seen you twice so far. Right. I saw you at the ACM Honor Show in Nashville at the Ryman. Oh, cool. That was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Two years ago? Two years two, ago, yeah. We went because we, we, that was our first nomination as Nightclub of the Year ever. Oh, so we didn't win. You didn't? Uh, no, we didn't win that <laughs> year and we didn't win last year either. Okay. But you know, one of these years, we're, 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 we're going to get it. Dude, I look at it as a sense that there's so many venues that if we even get a nod, that's great. Yeah, this is a huge country, man. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of them, so yeah. uh, congratulations. We, thank you. We take a lot of pride in that. Amazing show then. And then uh, I was up at Country Fan Fest uh, right. in July. Yeah, yeah. That was badass as well. Thanks, man. Thank um, I don't travel a lot for music events like that. I was actually promoting Country AF Radio up at Country Fan Fest. Oh, cool. And when I saw the list of bands, I'm like, dude, I got I to gotta see this dude. So yeah. that was cool. Thank you. What do you prefer? Um venue style shows or do you prefer the festival style shows like what what suits you um i think there's a kind of an argument for both beautiful and, and i think i think it's it's good fun to do both right um and i think especially in this country because it gets so hot and so cold um that during the summer it's so fun to be outside you know everyone's drinking beer and it's the afternoon we, we sort of had like the late afternoon early evening slot which I quite enjoy because yeah. uh, you get the light into the dark as well. So um, um, that's really fun. But then obviously there's sort of no denying being able to play our own shows as we have the last sort of few months and and, and be the thing that people show up to see. That, right. That's obviously a, a much different feeling as opposed to playing to a bunch of people that maybe, you know, a good, good percentage of them know our music, but... Uh, a big percentage of them are there to see Chris Stapleton or whoever's sure. playing later on, you know? It feels good probably to do your own headlining show in that sense and know that everybody's there because your name was on the bill. It, it really is. It's a, it's a big deal. And, and it's less of a sort of an ego, your name's on the bill thing, and more of a, like, the Pressure. energy 
for the energy for those moments. So the people show up to these shows because these songs are special to them in some way. Sure. Whether whether they got d- drunk to it or fell in love to it or proposed to it or or played played it at their wedding. And um, I see all those posts through the year. You know, people tag you in videos of that kind of thing. And um, yeah, you kind of get to relive all those memories and create new ones at the same time. You have a new single out right now, Diamonds. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? How did that start? Man, it's it's interesting. I, I write so many love songs, which is probably no surprise. I, I just I got married a couple of years ago, or coming up for two years. Um, yeah, don't mess that one up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, December 2nd, I remember. <laughs> um, it's, but love songs are so interesting because there's been so many great ones written. And yep. so to write one that kind of stands out and stands on its own is really difficult. And um, there's something about this one um, that I, I love the combination of, of how sincere it is but also how fun it is at the same time and um i remember the day we wrote it thinking that we were really onto something cool who did you write that with uh i wrote it with a guy named chris stefano who uh, produces all my stuff and um one of my best mates in the world <laughs> he was a groomsman at our wedding there you go um and another guy named evan bogart who uh he i guess he's an la and nashville guy he he sort of started traveling back and forth a lot this year and and he was a friend of chris's and it was one of those days where chris was like hey um i'm riding with this guy named evan do you want to come over and jam and i said yes sure you were just available that day. and uh, well, we, i was like kind of i had planned to go right with chris and so he was like is it cool if evan comes in you know and um Man, I mean, it, it it was amazing. Sometimes it just clicks with people, you sure. know? And, uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be friends with that person, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're not friends with them if it doesn't click, but uh, it's just sometimes it just feels right, and um, and thankfully that, that day it was. It's funny that I ask that question, or ask this question a lot about the writing and their first writing experience with someone they didn't know, and I've always heard, right. heard it, it's like almost like a first date, a blind date in a sense, Yeah, because you have to get through the awkward moments and all that kind of stuff. Totally. And is there... I would think that there'd be a lot of fear because if you come to the table with this idea of something that you want to write about yeah. and uh, to you it's personal, but do you ever have that thought of like maybe this person's going to look at me different or think uh, yeah. I'm weird or... Totally, man. I I mean, I, I feel like anyone that does anything creative has that kind of feeling. You're probably the same too when you're like, uh, I think it's this disclaimer thing um, and it's so funny because everyone says it from the biggest songwriters in the world to like someone that you meet at a bar, you know, or whatever um, and, and they're like... Hey, this might suck, but like, what if, you know? What if? And uh, I feel like it's the same thing with business ideas, whatever. This is this could be ridiculous, but right. like, what if? And so that kind of, I don't know. That's almost a, as bad least, as, yeah. when, as when someone starts a sentence with, uh, do you want me to be honest? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's almost the same. I guess so. It's like, you don't need to say that part, but yeah. there's something yeah, that's like protecting yourself if you say that. Right, um, just in case it goes bad. Yeah, for sure. I, I will say, though, like, I would, I would personally rarely bring in a very deep and important kind of message idea to a right with people I didn't know. Right. Um, there's there's enough. I feel like for, for anyone that goes to Nashville to write songs, the first thing to do is find your people. Like sure. Who is it that you're going to make the best music you can possibly make with? And um, that's the biggest challenge. And that's kind of the time when you're writing mostly with people you don't know because you're trying to meet people. Yeah, and feel it out and see what works. So yeah. you uh, had a hand in Hooked, Dylan yeah. Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's a cool dude. He's been here. How did, how did, how did, like, 
back when he was here, I never looked at that side of the writing side because I come from right. I come from more of a rock punk sort of thing, and these oh, kids cool. just sit in a room and they just write whatever, and that's their song. I mean, sometimes it means something, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's I mean, when you name an album Dookie, dude, you got problems because <laughs> you really didn't think it out. Right, but. Um, like, how did that song come about? Did you is is Dylan a writer on that as well, or he, he's not? No, he's not. I. That's funny, man, because I, I wrote, we wrote that at, at this songwriting camp. Um, it was in Nashville, but it was like this uh, five days of intense writing, and there's a bunch of Australian writers in town. And I was already living in Nashville at the time, but they would pull in certain other writers from Nashville, and and I went and there was a, a producer named Lindsay Rhymes, who's an Australian guy, and. Uh, he wrote that Kane Brown song, Heaven, as right. well. Never he's heard got, it. He's got the new Chase Rice song as well. <laughs> wow. Um, but Eyes, it, Eyes on You or? Uh, no, the new one. I can't remember what it's called off the top okay. of my head. But um, but at the time we wrote Hooked, he had never had a hit. Right. And at the time we wrote Hooked, I'd never had a hit. And another guy named Seth Ennis came in that day. I know Seth. And at yeah. the time, he'd never had a hit either. Wow. And so, so the three of you guys wrote that? The three of us wrote it. And, and I got there like 10 minutes late. And at this time, Kelsey had the song Peter Pan yeah, out that, that was like a, on the radio and kind of starting to blow up. And uh, I got in 10 minutes late, and these guys had kind of already had a conversation. They were like, hey, what do you think? Like, Kelsey's got this song called Peter Pan, and uh, we could write, like, the answer to Peter Pan. It like, could be like Hook, like Captain Hook. Oh, right. And I thought that was the dumbest idea I'd ever heard, you know. And, uh, and I told him that, but we, we sort of got talking, playing some guitar. And I remember Seth started playing that, that electric guitar thing that you hear at the start. And, um, and one of us said, what if it was hooked? And, and we just, Lindsay started playing the, the kind of the drum, the heavy drum thing. And right. we just started singing and, and we wrote it super quickly and sort of, all high fived and and it was it's an amazing feel. There's nothing better as a songwriter than like feeling like you got a great one, right? W- whether that means you got a hit song or whatever, just something that you love. And uh, we knew that we all loved it. And for some reason, like time went by a little bit, and it was on the list of our uh, songs to cut on my album um, for sure. But we just got a call one day saying, "Hey, Dylan's cut um, hooked, and it's going to be his next single." And I remember thinking, "How did he even hear this right. song?" Um, but Seth and he were pretty tight at that time I think and and Seth had shown him the song and um, it all sort of happened without me even ever meeting Dylan Dylan right until until the song had been out and was starting to be played on the radio and um, we happened to play a show somewhere together and um, I mean it's so flattering he's a great songwriter himself so for him to cut another song was as I said like really flattering but also the first time it had happened that one of my songs was playing on the radio with someone else singing it you know Um, and it was happening at the same time as Kiss Somebody. So it was a really exciting and um, and cool time. And now I get to play it in my shows. Sure. And people sing it. And, and they know you it. Know, thank you so much, Dylan. Yeah. It's kind of neat. We had um, CJ Solar here. Oh, and cool. he opened for uh, Morgan Wallen. Right, right, right. They had never met. And CJ wrote Up Down with, yeah. with Hardy. And, and they had never met before. And I was like sitting here. And that's, I think that's when I started to dive into... Um, the idea of country music and the circles and mm-hmm. like so when when you when did you first move to Nashville? Um, I have been living there officially for four and a half years, but I, before that I came back and forth a lot. You tr- okay? So yeah. like your 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 first experience going to Nashville, knowing that to get out of Australia and figure out where you needed to be if this is what you wanted to do for a living. How was that process, like, just picking up? Did you go to Nashville by yourself? Did you already know Kelsey at the time? Did you? Man, I won a a competition, believe it or not. And it was like, 
Do you know what Nashville Star is? Yeah, sure do. Yeah, it's like a TV kind of that's go around and like do heats everywhere. Right. Like idol kind of yep. ish, but a much smaller version of that. And uh, and I won this competition and um I the prize was go to Nashville record your first single. And I landed on a like a Monday during CMA Fest, which is obviously the craziest time right, to be absolutely in Nashville. Crazy. Just completely like wide-eyed and blown away with all the music down on Broadway and um went I played at this uh this showcase that they put on that I was that was part of the prize to play at and it was all the people that were not from America playing country music at this thing um so I played at that and then the next day I went in and recorded my first song that ever came out in Australia it never came out here uh and then the next day I got a call from this agent named Tony Conway who's now a manager he manages Alabama now but um, and I didn't know this guy, but he's like, hey, but I'm Tony Conway. I'm with the CMA. I was wondering if you'd like to come open uh, the stadium show on Friday night. And I was like, yeah, I, can, I, I could probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be yeah, there, maybe. Obviously <laughs> freaking out. And, right. uh, Trying to hold it cool. So like five days after I landed in Nashville, I was playing in a stadium at CMA Fest, opening for Miranda Lambert and Brad Paisley. And, um, wow. I can't remember exactly who else was on that night, but they were like the, the headliners that night. And uh, and then I went home and I thought, this is the best place in the world. I need to be there. And right. It, it's interesting. You would think after that experience, I would have come back the next week. But, um, you know, life gets in the way. I, I went back to Australia. We put out this song. and um, What song was that? It did, it did really well in Australia. It was a song called Big Skies. And um, we ended up touring with Taylor Swift down there and Alan Jackson and... Brooks and Dunn and, and uh, so sort of doing laps of Australia for a couple of years and um, it took me like maybe three or four years after that to actually start coming back to Nashville and, and, and writing more songs and, um, and sort of learning the songwriting community of Nashville, which really is the heart of it all. It really yeah. it absolutely is. Um, and it's just, it's kind of for a, a non-American to come to America, there's like visa issues you have to get through. So sure, like or le- just get married. Yeah, to le- <laughs> oh, that's a whole other thing, man. But um, to legally be here for a long period of time, like I had to go through all these processes. So I would come for like however long I could come for, and then I'd have to go home for a little bit, you know. And then come back. Um, yeah, so um, that was a few years of that, and then finally four and a half years ago. Do you have, you have you always been country, per se? Has that been your thing, or did you have some sort of uh, uh, another influence growing up, listening to other stuff? Or? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I grew up, I would say, half listening to country stuff. I mean, you grew up listening to your parents' music, right? Whether Absolutely. you like it or not, that's yeah. what you know. Because you're in the car, and yeah. they're driving, and the excuse is, hey, when you get old enough to drive, you can pick your own music. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's the exact line, man. Uh, man, I, I grew up on, it was like, it's very specific few albums, and so it was like Garth Brooks, The Hits, um, uh, Best Of by Glenn Campbell, 20 Years of Dirt by Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Wow. There was a couple of Australian country artists, a guy named Lee Kernigan and another guy named John Williamson, which think of that like Texan country. You know how they okay. have their own kind of yep. stars, but you wouldn't necessarily know who they are unless you're there. Um, so those guys. And then, but at the same time, we would go from that to like Dire Straits uh, or that to Credence or right. that to Led Zeppelin. or um, All good bands, you know, though, if you think yeah, about it. Well-rounded. I mean, I feel really lucky to have grown up on on that stuff. So, um, I mean, I, I I feel like I started playing guitar when I was thirteen. And did you just pick it up, or did someone else in your family play? No, I just picked it up. I, I saw someone playing it once, and yeah. thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And um, really, just 
was trying to get a girlfriend at the time. So <laughs> it's so funny. funny. That's pretty funny. If you talk to anyone that plays guitar, that's you get down to they the do heart it to of be, it. They're it's, cool. Yeah, like, yeah. I was just trying to impress a girl somewhere, but um, that's pretty funny. I think when you're 13 is a good time to start playing. My brother was playing bass, and my best mate played drums. And right. We started a band. Like literally the day I got my guitar, we started a band, and and uh, and we played everything. Like we we were covering like local surf punk bands. Right. But we would also play like the Eagles and Keith Urban songs and yeah. Garth Brooks songs at the same time, you know? Yeah. So like, obviously you don't have a band now. Do you, do you, do you like being by yourself and doing what you do? I mean, it's, there was a kid here in this town right. 15, 20 years ago. Uh, his name was, um, Phil Stendek. Mm-hmm. Haven't talked to this kid in forever. Haven't seen him in forever. Mm-hmm. But the first time I ever saw him do the loop stuff, I was mm. blown away because right. the timing yeah. the sound jackson mickelson you know who the, who the who that is no i've never met him but i've heard a lot about him yeah he came here um played one of his first shows we used to film the artist doing music down in the in the room you were just in oh cool um and he did this loop thing i yeah. still have it and i and i just sat back and i went dude whole new level of respect right because in this day and age, I don't want to say that anyone can play guitar because that's, they say like 3% of the, the world it has a talent to play music. Um, which Is, is that a, right? I, I believe that's what I just heard. That that they can play it and it's something that they, they're good at. Right. Um, 3% of. Yeah. But then you look at the other side of it, of band versus, dude, you're committed because <laughs> it's just you. I mean, yeah. do you, when was the last time you had a band? Do you see it in the future having a band or do you just see yourself, this is, this is Morgan Evans and this is what, I, it's me, that's it. Man, it's it's a, I'm at an interesting stage with that right now because I tell this story every night on stage too, and it's the truth that I had a band for a long time in Australia. Like all the touring that I was just mentioning was with a band, and right. it was with my brother and my best mate, and and another guy was playing guitar in the band as well. Um, and when I moved to Nashville, they didn't move with me, and so I land, landed in Nashville. And so you got to say, something. I was going to say, why not? Why didn't they come with you? It's just not. I mean. You start all over again. Sure. I mean, what, was that the goal? Did you want them to come with you, or you were just like, "Dude, this is what I'm doing. You're in or out." I mean, I, I couldn't ask them to do it. Right. I could. I mean, this it's so, it's such a gamble, man. And and so, I think people underestimate how difficult it is to move to Nashville by yourself in a town that is like, yes, it's the most inspiring town in the world, but it's also the most intimidating town in the world. They're the best in the world in that town. Like, and and there's. No way that you can be there and be by yourself, especially on the other side of the world, man. Like I couldn't go home and right. It's for a, a difference weekend. between moving from Ohio to Nashville, moving to from another country. Yeah, I couldn't go home and, and see my my mates on a Friday night. You know, like it just right. didn't happen. And so there's no way that you can't have moments where you're like, "What am I even doing here? How can I contribute to this?" Like it's already way better than I could imagine it being. You know. Yeah. And so there's no way that I can say, "Hey." to someone else to leave their life behind and come over. So um, I definitely don't hold it against them for not coming over with me at that sure. time. Um, and, and, you know, I would pick up shows here and there, but they weren't like, they weren't worth flying over from the other side of the world to play these shows. Right. So um, I, I did put bands together initially of people. That, I mean, there's great plays everywhere in Nashville. So I would put bands together and we'd go play. But having played with these other guys in Australia so much, it never felt, it felt like just a bunch of players and not sure. a band right and, and so, we're doing this for the money not for the love of music and family and yeah and yeah. again like i can't hold that against those guys that were playing with me because that's 
how were they supposed to be invested in a guy on their first weekend on the road? But right. I guess just that's how it felt to me at the time, and it didn't didn't feel right. It didn't feel like I want what I wanted to be doing, and and um, and so I started. I can't. I remember the first show that I took this loop pedal to, and it was this little Boss one that you can get at any guitar center, and um, and I was opening for. It was either Frankie Ballard or Kane Brown, but it was before. It was before they had hits, right? Um, uh, and 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 I remember just being so nervous to to play, because if you mess up with this thing, like it's you're done. It's yeah. a disaster. <laughs> you you know? can't point the finger. Either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, but I remember having a great time, and then I did it again the next night, and again the next night, and sort of sort of got hooked on it, and started writing songs on it, and um, to the point where when we started to make my first album, we started to kind of make it like that sort right. of piece by piece and not not on a loop pedal but piece by piece and and um and it just sort of became a natural progression of what i was doing in the studio and live at the same time uh but with this new single diamonds we recorded it with a band and it definitely feels like that and right. so i feel like maybe 2020 there could be some more people coming out on the road that'd be kind of cool yeah kane brown's first west coast show we ever did right right here was it? New Year's Eve. Uh, it's, yeah. On New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve. was his first West Coast show. First West Coast wow. show. And the, the great story behind that was is I had never step, stepped foot on the stage before. Right. I'd never announced a band. We were just getting into doing the band stuff here. I've been right. been here 12 years with this company. It's been open 12 years. Um, but it was the first time I literally ever got up because normally we'd have radio come out and introduce the band, all that kind of stuff. But Kane came out New Year's Eve and just before New Year's, his management called and said that they wanted his check. He was leaving. It was like 11.15. I was like, no, he's, he's got to do the countdown like that. And they were like, no, nah, he's not doing the countdown. And I was like, I'm not giving him his check. Like, why would I hire someone on New Year's that's not doing it? It wasn't on Kane, but it was on the management side of stuff. Right. But uh, they made me go on stage with them. And I said, 10. And he was like, 9. Like, it was so green for both of us. Like, I could see that he uh, was so new. and He wasn't yeah. signed. Oh, right. Wasn't, didn't have his deal. He didn't get his deal until like eight, nine months later. Yeah. But it was like one of those things where you sit back and it was like, it opened the door for a lot of us. Yeah. Like, in that sense. It was a super fun night. Socially, people knew who he was, which was rad because his social was... Yeah, was unbelievable. Absolutely, unbelievable. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is that maybe in 2020 you might have a band put together. Yeah. So would you call your brother? Don't know if I could afford my brother. Yeah. Is <laughs> he playing today still? He still plays a little bit of bass, but he he's just um he's just had a ba- his first baby. Yeah. Does he have a real job now? He's married and he has a very real job. Right. He's a construction manager on a building site building a skyscraper. Right. Yeah. He's not going anywhere for I a mean, while. I mean, he he's like and he loves it. Like he he's like I'm sending him pictures of like guitars and stuff like that and he sends me pictures of cranes lifting other <laughs> cranes into holes, you know. But, Why didn't you just share the pictures of all the cranes down in Nashville tell me he's he's at home here cuz there's cranes everywhere there. There is a lot of cranes in Nashville. There's a lot of cranes in Sydney too. Yeah. Um, Building yeah. like nuts everywhere, yeah. I've never been there. I've been to uh, I've been to England, Italy, Spain, and France, okay. um, and that's it. But I definitely one of my buddies just got back. He spent like two, three weeks in Australia and said it was the most amazing thing ever. I'm glad he had a good time. Yeah, it's it's a long way, but at the same time, I've never heard anyone say they didn't have a good time. So, yeah, yeah. Are you a Supercross fan? Motocross, dirt bikes. I'm not massive into it. No, no. I know that one of my favorite riders is from there, Chad Reed. Okay. He's a, he's 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 an Aussie. He's a little bit older now. He still races, but he's a little bit older. All right. But I didn't know how big that scene was over there. What what was what was your last job? Like your real job that you had? My last real job. Man, I was I there was a point so 
um, during after that first single came out in Australia and I did all those big tours and there was a point where the record label we were working with at the time and, and I just were not creatively on the same page. I had a bunch of songs that I wanted to put out. They didn't want to put them out and I'm not blaming them for that at all. They probably weren't good enough at all, but they were the best that I could do at the time right? and it just didn't work out and we sort of parted ways and I had this lull of like everything was like sort of felt like it was on fire and then felt like someone just tipped water all over it and um i remember this time feeling like oh maybe that's it you know maybe i'm done doing music professionally and and i went and got a job at this company that did background music and they programmed background music for like coffee shop chains and like mcdonald's and shopping centers and stuff like that and it's still music though Yes, no. It was, there was the like it was like you take take all the heart out of the music, right. and and I was a guy that sat. I sat in this chair like with the headset, like phone mic, and they would call me when their machines broke down, and I would help them fix their machine. And the funny part of me helping them fix their machine over the phone, I was like, so what I'm going to get you to do is uh, reach around to the back of the machine at the uh, power button, turn that off. <laughs> and then I'm going to get you to turn that back on again. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. That was like my one. That was like my one thing. Anyway, that lasted about that lasted about three or four months. And yeah. um, I, I was actually like, I became quite good friends with the guy that owned the company. And I, and I went to him very honestly. And I was like, man, I'm so sorry that that I took this job and and have put you in this. But and I'll stay on till you get someone to replace me. But I got to go. Yeah. And um, that day, I went back to the apartment I was living in, and I wrote this song called "Live Each Day." And uh, and it ended up being the song that got me signed to Warner in Australia and my next single down there and sort of started the journey to come back to Nashville. How do you think radio is different in Australia than it is to here in the States? Um, it's, re- it's really different, actually. Uh, I mean... Do you not- think, do you, I don't mean to interrupt, but do you think it's easier in Australia to get on the radio versus versus the states do you think it's it's uh, a little bit friendlier there versus here or vice versa or i don't think it's easy to get on the radio anywhere uh i, I think I, I don't know i mean country radio is a thing in australia but it's not as big as it is here whereas country radio here would be um i mean it's the biggest radio format isn't it it's huge right I th- I think it that if if you looked across the platform of any kind of crossover that anyone might have, I yeah. think country is probably going to be in the midst of all that because you have people right. that listen to pop that listen to country, you have people that listen to rock that will listen to country. Yeah, I, mean, I think country just appeals in today's country. Yeah, isn't to me. I think there's ten ten genres of country today versus what there you used to be because yeah, you, you have yeah. the traditional, you have red dirt, then you've got yeah. you know the pop country stuff. Then I mean, I love seeing the shirts that were where um, people just say f pop country, but at the end of the day, it's it's new country. Yeah, it's a whole nother format. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was just curious in that sense because we have artists that come from Canada that come here. Right in Canada, like a Lindsay L or High Valley, that sort of thing. Yeah, they might be a monster up there, but they come to the states and it's like a whole different ball game here. It's like starting over. I, I mean, I do agree totally on that level, and I mean, similarly to what I said before about um, like Texas country. Yeah, like in Australia, they play Australian country. But in that same way, I feel like my music sounds more like American country anyway. Sure. Which is the point of me being here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I will say, though, it's really exciting in, in radio in Australia at the moment that pop radio is playing 
quite a bit of country radio. Dude, look at Dan and Shay now. Yeah. You look at it, like, I, I was flipping through stations about two, three weeks ago, and Speechless came on, or Tequila came on, on, like, our pop station here. And I was like... Right. And, the, and they're like, brand new. And I'm like... <laughs> Jesus, like that's not brand new, but okay, I get right, it. Right. I get, I get the crossover. So then you look at a, a song like, um, ten thousand, ten thousand hours, yeah, yeah, with Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's monster, wh- yeah, two monsters. It's yeah. huge because you sit back and you look at like how did those two even get together? Three, sorry, right. those two bands get together in that in that sense, and mm. it's nuts. Do you do you other than your wife? Um, do you have an artist that you'd like to collaborate with and do something like that with? Yeah, I get asked this question a lot. I feel like that's a, like a very common red red carpet kind of question. I'm going to get rid of it. Forget no, it. No, strike no, it. Strike no, it. But I like it because I actually, I, last week with like all the awards and stuff, I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know like terrible answers. <laughs> but I thought about <laughs> it. Nope. <laughs> and I would like to, because I've been playing solo the last two years, I would like to do something with the band. Yeah. And I love Old Dominion. Oh, yeah. And I love Zach Brown Band. I think either one of those would be cool to... Um, have them play on as the band on a track and, right. and sing with obviously Matt or with Zach, you know. So I think you need to get back on Country Fan Fest coming up next year because Old Dominion's one of the headliners. Are they great? Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. They're so, so good. The the guy that does all the marketing for them, Country Fan Fest, his name is um, James Gist. Okay, he's actually coming to the show tonight. He was in town. Oh, great! And he was supposed to leave this morning. I said you need to stay another day because I've created this relationship. Him and I have that's. He's a cool dude, and okay. he likes the music side. He's the one that started Country Fan Fest back in the day, and wow. now he's uh, helping him with the marketing side of it all. But cool. tonight, we're giving away tickets to Old Dominion. They're playing at the Hard Rock, uh, cool. and then we're giving away for C- Country Fan Fest up there. But yeah, you have to get back on there make that happen. Like, yeah, anytime they invite me, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be super rad. Do you have an artist that you look at today that's, I want to say, maybe on your level or around your level that you like to watch and see what they're doing? Like in a sense, like a brother artist, brother band sort of thing. Old Dominions, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, do I mean... Like a band there, that, that you... a lot. I feel like um, I, it's sort of cheesy to say, but country music, like, we're all kind of mates, you know? Yeah. Like I, I really get on well with Russell Dickerson. Yep. I'm really excited whenever he's kicking a goal. I mm-hmm. really get on well with Devin Dawson. Hey, that, um, that dude can write too, right? Yeah, so, so stoked for him, you know? Um, but at the same time, I mean, we were just sort of hanging with Morgan Wallen a little bit the other night at the, the songwriter awards in, in, um, Nashville. And I mean, he's killing it and that's His really, really, blew really up great overnight. people, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Luke Combs, same, you know, we guess, we, guess what? Luke Combs played here three years he? ago. Guess yeah. how much we paid him. I can't guess. Yeah. Right. He opened for Corey Smith. I mean, yeah. dude, it's just, he's. He's got some, he's got that thing. Dude, yeah. he was at your uh the country fan fest that you were on. I think he played the following night that you were right. there. You played on Saturday? Um potentially, yeah. I think you played on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you tested you tested my memory. <laughs> yeah, I'm testing my own away. memory. I was only yeah, there for yeah. like three or four days, but mm. yeah. I mean what do you, what do you think about country music today um and female vocalists? I mean, yeah. do you obviously you you champion your wife? Do you um do you see anything changing in the near future with with females in country music? Because you've got a, I look at people like Reba, um, and then they turn around. and You got an Ashley McBride that comes out, and right. she's totally different than the norm for a celebrity style status that sort of thing. Do you think that people right. are going to start to change? I mean, we struggle here with female artists, um, 
I think the whole community does. I'm trying to figure out how, how the heck do we make them better and more people be okay to go see them and say they're going to see them. And it doesn't have to be a Carrie Underwood, but right. it could be a, a Stephanie Quayle that people can go out and see. Do you see it changing in the near future? I don't know what the answer is, but I do think the problem is it's an odds game, right? Like if you look at how many people put a song out to radio yeah. and how many songs actually work, there's not a very high percentage of them. True. But 90% of the songs that go to radio are dudes. And so probably 90% of the songs on the radio are going to be dudes. Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, I get it. So yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a, at a level where I think now in the last couple of years, people have really taken notice that there is a lack of women on the radio and that there, sh- there should not be based on talent. Sure. And so... I think a lot of the labels have been signing more women and I think hopefully over the next few years you'll see those women that have been signed then the music is being made now and will start coming out. And I think Ingrid Andrus is an example of that who's yeah. a, a really exciting one and, and she's on the same label as me so I, I feel like uh, this is not like a promo spot but I love the music she's making. Dude, more and, hearts than mine. Yeah, so good. And uh, like whether she's a woman or not, that's sure. so good. And, um, you know, I, I obviously... My wife is a female country yep. artist, so you know I'm always rooting for her as well. And, um, and I, I think hopefully over the next couple of years, it will start to correct itself. I would love to see like the statures of uh, a Carrie Underwood going on the road with a Kelsey Ballerini and an Ashley McBride, right. and then bring up some of these Ingrid Andress or yeah. um, um, the Stephanie Quells of the world, and just show that they like we're a champion of of stephanie quell here she's played here probably seven or eight times oh, cool. we love her yeah. and we love where she came from russell dickerson's played here seven times has he absolutely wow his last two shows here before yours hit radio sold out both of them oh wow and nobody gave a shit about him here in, in this town in a sense radio wise right. nobody cared so it was kind of like uh we like to have that story, that yeah. sort of thing of where, like, there's artists that come through here. I mean, Kane, Kane came through here. We did something really cool with Kane. He he played that show. Yeah. And then um, he got a new tour manager and a new guitar player. And we okay. got a phone call that he needed a, he was in town and was wondering if he could use our stage to rehearse and practice before they went out on their tour. Okay. Well, back then we were only open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I got the phone call on a Sunday. Yeah. So I came down here. They were here Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, practicing on our stage, the bus in the back, and they just did their thing. That's right. the kind of open door we have with stuff like that. But we like to go back to, like, Russell. He's played other venues here now, but back then he'd only played here. Right. And that was it. And, and we take a lot of pride in knowing that Two of his last two shows, I mean, two, two of his last shows, he sold out. That's great. And for us, that's a, that's a big feat because we didn't have the the power of radio behind us because they weren't playing a song. Right. The Highway just picked up yours then, just like The Highway just picked up Hurricane with uh, Luke Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love I love all the outlets today that, that give a consumer, such as myself, because I search music. I go out and look for it. I try and find new stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not scared to send an artist uh, a DM and be like, "Dude, I want you to play at our venue." I did it. You know Austin Burke. Ever uh, heard of him? I I, ha- I've, I mean I've seen him on playlists. I haven't actually met him in person though. Yet. Cool dude. His first ever real show. Right. Right here. I sent him a DM. Cool. And now he just signed to Thomas Rhett's new thing that he's doing. And great. It's pretty rad. I mean, I love the outlet of the Spotify's, of the YouTube's, of yeah. Um, I think it's just it's powerful because you could sit in your room by yourself with your loop pedal come out with all this music get it out there get fans i mean um i'm trying to think of the one guy that i always forget his name he's got tattoos on his face he's like the biggest 
biggest artist right now on the pop side of stuff. Oh, I can't B- remember. Buzzy? No. No. Um, oh, Post Malone? Post Malone. Yeah, yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, Post Malone. Yeah. Puts a song out on SoundCloud, wakes up the next morning, and he's, he's huge. Yeah. Like, the story's unreal. But you mm-hmm. sit back, and there's so many avenues for you guys to get music out this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, as a as a music fan myself, uh, I appreciate it as well. What do you listen to? Like, if you're, you just say that you have to go for a drive for an hour and a half, two hours. What do you listen to? Yeah. Uh, man, I, I listen to a little bit of everything. I feel like because there, it's so easy to put music out now, there's so much music coming out. Yeah. And, uh, and I try to stay kind of on top of it. And so, you know, whatever, on a Friday, like today, the new music playlists all come out. You right. see what gets released and... Um, you go chase that stuff down as a consumer. Yeah, I like listening right. through it and seeing, seeing what everyone's doing, and or, or if there's someone on on one of those big lists or on the front page of of Apple's page or whatever, you're like, well, I better check that out. That's right. Yeah, that I don't know necessarily, and um, I mean, the Grammys were just announced this week, and that's always a time of year where I'm like, I should probably know more of these people, you right. know. And Absolutely. So you can go sort of dig through and discover some of that stuff too. What are your plans for 2020? I want to make more music. Yeah? Yeah. We, I've been on the road literally just flat out since Kiss Somebody came out for the last two years. And um, it's, I love playing live. It's my favorite thing to do, but it's time to, to get some new songs. And um, uh, I, I've written a little bit this, this year, but not enough for me to want to put out everything that I have yet. I, I need to dig in and, and, um, and make something special. I mean, I'll be on the road a bunch, and yeah. that, that'll all get announced soon enough, but... Um, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to certainly in January and, and the start of February, really getting back in the studio. Are you a singles guy? Do you like want to put out um, singles and just keep keep people like in, or are you do you want to put out an album, like a physical release of ten, twelve songs, sort of thing? Man, I, I don't know at the moment. I, I really don't know. I, I think that's music dependent. I, yeah. I um, I mean, right now we put out diamonds because we had this song that that I loved and, and we were like why would we wait it's, right you know there's no rules let's put it out right now and but, that's the nicest part about it all is the ability to do that exactly and I think what I like is that there's no rules but okay. if in January I go and I write these 10 songs that need to be heard together I really I love the idea of putting out a full album as well and I think either way all the songs will roll into what is considered an album but um, yeah I think that's just the beauty of 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 music now is there's no rules you can do kind of whatever you want what has been your favorite venue to play to, to date because you haven't played stonies yet i don't expect that answer yeah yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see after tonight <laughs> um, man I, it's it's really hard for me to say there's been so many cool ones well, I give mean, me a couple of them the uh, playing the Ryman stage with it, that night you saw at that yeah. that award show is it doesn't get any more legendary than that place the grand old opry like yeah. crazy but i mean for this year certainly um I think we went back to Australia the other day and, and we played in Sydney at this place called the Enmore Theatre. And and I think everyone has has this venue, but it, for me, is the venue that I would drive a couple hours into the big city to see whichever band it was that I wanted to see. And it was at this place. And uh, like it's the place that I saw Keith Urban play. It's the place that I saw like all the punk bands that I went to see growing up. You right. know, and, um, and we got to play there two nights. And so I got to do it all nervous. And have that experience, and then go back the next night and just really take it in. And that was a that was a real moment for me, realizing that I was playing the show that someone had driven two hours to see. That did what you used that, to do. Yeah, that that kind of thing. Full yeah. circle, man. That's yeah, cool. Totally. Biggest artist on your radar today that you'd love to go out on the road with? 
Besides your wife. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, it's hard for me to go past Keith Urban, man. Yeah. I mean, he's been such an inspiration for me, and, and he's still making, you know, some of my favorite mu- music in the world. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be semi-cheesy and drop that one. Say Keith Urban, that's yeah. it. Sweet. Right on. Dude, thanks for hanging out with me today. This has been fun. Thanks, man. Tell people how to find you online. Um, man, you can find me anywhere you, you find anyone else, I guess. But uh, I'm, I'm Morgan Evans Music on Instagram and uh, on Facebook also. And I'm Morgan underscore Evans on Twitter. Do you tweet a lot? I'm not a massive tweeter, but I'll try to tweet like as, you know, as much as I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's weird. Twitter's just always been weird to me. I don't get into any of the big arguments or kind of, right. you know, you see people going nuts. I like reading those. Dude, they're fun. But I don't like to participate in those. Favorite things to follow for me are um, like Wendy's, the burger joint. Okay. Have you ever heard anything about these guys? They, they're really good on social media. Oh, my God. Are Dude, they? they just rip other fast food places apart <laughs> <Do they? laughs> with so much sarcastic humor that right. it's like, oh, cute, you got a chicken sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and then they'll just come back with something and you'll just be like, oh, wow, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And almost sometimes you're like, I can't believe they wrote that. Right. We've, we've, we've kind of wanted to do some stuff here where we took the approach of, um, of being that sarcastic. But it's, it's because there's times that you just want to, but you just bite your tongue and step yeah. back and go away. But we might have to do that with Country AF Radio. I think it would be like, I think we're supposed to with Country AF Radio because... You owe it to the title. I do. The name of the station. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. That's the end of this one. Go ahead. Roll credits. Recorded by Toad. Produced by Toad. Booked by Toad. Voiced over by Toad. You know what? Toad would just like to go ahead and take this moment to thank you so that he doesn't have to go back and do his real job. <laughs> <laughs>